Welcome to Keepers. What's up, everybody? It's Jared and Holly. You're not, you really weren't going to read the intro. Oh, you jerk. Oh. My whole, my whole show is ruined. You know, we did have a, a discussion we, we, offline. We wrote, we wrote the intro for a reason. I go, hey, I'm going to do the intro this week, and I'm just going to freestyle it. And Holly goes, okay, cool. That sounds like fun. And then as, as soon as I start the music, she jumps right in with the, with the script. Yeah, because I was kidding. <laughs> I wasn't sincere when I said that. Well, if you're new to the show, it's Keepers, <sighs> the fantasy women, women's soccer podcast. That's at Keepers Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. I am Jared Gilkerson. It's at Jared underscore radio. Holly, where can people find you? At Wild Holly with an <laughs> E on social. I don't know if I'm going to recover from this. Why do you hate me show. so much? It's just because of all your natural talents. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, welcome back. Week two. Second show. Uh, it's uh, we, had a, we had a nice fun discussion last week uh, leading up to the Challenge Cup. And now we're like in full swing. Like the challenge cup is really underway. Like it, it got, it got underway big time last weekend. Oh yes, it did. Everybody threw down. Well, not everybody. Some people did. There were some Portland and Kansas threw down. It started off with a game with zero goals and then it went to a game with, with punches thrown. Yeah. Four red cards. And then it went to a game with five goals and it was just, it was a, it was a jam packed weekend. Um, not to mention the uh, national team. So it was, it was a lot of soccer last week. It was, and and we'll get to the West later, and and what we think about uh, Portland in particular, at least for me. But you know, I I'm I'm excited for the East because I think that the Spirit and Gotham are looking better than I thought they would be, and more exciting. Gotham, I mean, come on. Oh, I gotta give NWSL website, please. It says New Jersey, New York, Gotham on there right now but you still have the sky blue logo. You got to be better than that. You've had a week to change the logo on the website. We're going to be talking about a lot of ways that the, the, the website can be better as we go forth in this podcast. All right, let's news it. Okay, Holly. So uh, how would you like to go? Would you have liked to gone pro when you were a teenager? In Amazing. A, in anything. Amazing. Yes. Okay. So there's some drama this week. Um, Olivia Moultrie, I think that's how you pronounce her last name. Um, she's a 15-year-old, uh, but at 13, she was signed by Nike, so uh, an endorsement deal. But the NWSL won't let her go pro because there's a rule in the NWSL that you have to be 18 before you turn pro. So she's been interested, wants to turn pro. The NWSL is not allowing her to, so she still has to play you know, amateur for the next three years. So there's been some drama this week. Some players like uh, I saw Lindsey Horan was speaking out because I know that Portland's really interested in signing her. They've talked about it. And Horan said, you know, if you're if you're good enough, you're old enough. And there are a lot of sports around the world that let people play when they're young. I mean, I'm a huge boxing fan, and there are plenty of boxers who turn pro when they're before, well before they're 18. So, Holly, where do we stand on this issue? Why won't the NWSL just... I just change this rule. Honestly, I don't know. I read through the NWSL's argument and I really try to, I, I, I can usually see things from both sides of an argument, even if I don't agree, but I just can't figure it out here. I, I just feel like it's one of those 
soccer things where it's like being stubborn for the sense the the you know for the sake of being stubborn i mean you know you brought this up but we were talking earlier about how she's just going to go to you know the premier league and play overseas and then we're going to lose her uh, to me I'm going to make a little bit of an argument, but then I'm going to put a button on it that I think is the mic drop. And, you know, I don't know what more needs to be said. So if, you know, there's logistics around having a young woman as a player, right? Figure it out. She's going to be electrifying for the league. The power and potential of youth should never be hung back. Here's my mic drop. Men can play on the MLS at any age. Yep. <laughs> Do we need to discuss further? Uh, no, I remember some stars way back in the day turning pro when they were very young. So to me, it's a league issue. The NWSL is screwing up here. You're, 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 there are potential great stars waiting to play in your league, wanting to play in your league, 13 years old with an endorsement deal. What are we talking about? Like get her in. Change your rules. Yeah, what what an opportunity that you're missing to get people to watch, especially other young women who want to see someone their age, and then all of their parents buying jerseys to yeah. taking their their kids to the game. Come on, guys. Hopefully, they'll get a clue. I, I think the NWSL has been off with a couple of things lately, but they're a growing league, growing pains. Get better. Uh, next on our docket, Holly, is uh, something a little more serious. So post game. Uh, after the Houston Dash Chicago Red Stars game uh, last week on Saturday, no, Friday night, uh, there was an incident. So Sarah Gordon for the Chicago Red Stars tweeted after the game. She said, uh, quote, my BF, uh, her boyfriend, came to our game against the Houston Dash. And after the game, he came down the steps to talk to me. We were immediately, before he was close to me, followed by security and told he would be arrested if he came close. Meanwhile, white players were talking to white family all over the stadium. Uh, she continued, at first I didn't realize this was a racial issue until I saw white Houston Dash players surrounding the stadium talking closely to their family, and we were the only ones targeted. I asked the security guard why he was only talking to us. He said he would go to them later. He never approached any of them. These players have multiple photos with their people. This is just another reason why we kneel. So the NWSL responded that um, it's opening an investigation under its anti-discrimination policy following the incident. The NWSL anti-harassment policy for safe work environments, part of the league's ongoing commitment to creating and maintaining a safe and respectful work environment. Um, they go on with a few other things, but that's you get the basic idea what they're trying to say. So Holly, thoughts on this whole issue? Yeah, I have lots of thoughts. So let's break down the reactions here. First of all, kudos to Sarah Gordon for, for tweeting this out and for speaking out because the more people call attention to these instances of, of racism and everyday microaggressions that everyone who's in an underrepresented community experiences, the, the, the better chance we have of really addressing the systemic issues that contribute to this and the cultural issues that contribute to this. So kudos for her. You know, we've talked about the league response Right, they're opening investigation. They stayed pretty neutral on the the commenting. I agree with that. 
I think if you're the 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 league or you're a business, you knee-jerk reactions to anything don't serve anyone. So, you know, if slash when they find out that there's been racism here, they've done their due diligence, they have a solid case for it, they did an investigation, there's there's data to back it up. And uh, you know, I, I I guess I'm gonna throw it back to you. What do you think about this so far? Yeah, there's been some people that were angry about the kind of basic NWSL league response. And I understand their frustrations, you know, with especially the climate of our country now. Um, I think some people wanted a stronger response to what happened, maybe more in support of Sarah Gordon. Uh, I completely understand why you would. I also understand why the league had to come with the kind of uh, milk toast response right down the middle. They don't want to get into any kind of trouble. But uh, what I thought was cool were the team's response. So the Red Stars and the Dash put out statements as teams. And, like, you know, the Dash put out a statement with, and all the players signed it, saying basically they stand by Sarah Gordon and it took strength for her to, to come forward, like what you were saying. But I like how the players, you know, because there's a movement in the league now where players are trying to back the black players and I love that and so yeah that's right on point why not speak up as players like because players I think have a little more leeway than ownership or people who run leagues that had that you know it's that's a really I think it's a tougher spot to be in than what people are are, are saying but for, for who the players or the owners the or own, the league runners the owners like I think okay. the, the owners have you have to let an investigation run its course you have to let everything I mean, yeah, let's talk about that. What do you think about Sarah Spain getting yeah. fined for, you know, as, as part of the ownership group for the Red Stars? That's just like anything else where they find people for complaining about referees. Apparently, I read that the NWSL told, allegedly told these owners not to speak up until the investigation was over. You know, uh, so well, they, yeah, I mean, from a business perspective, if you're on the, the board of something like, you know, the owners are. And, and the board is in, in the midst of an active investigation about something, you know, it's, it's sort of standard operating procedure that you can't talk about it. However, I love that Sarah Spain talked about it anyway. And like, okay, she just, it's like, yes, I'm not supposed to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to accept the consequences. I'll pay the fine, whatever. I think that's great. It's comparatively and coincidentally also in Houston when the Rockets owner spoke up about the, the violence and, Hong Kong. and everything in Hong Kong. Yeah. And then it was... And I think he knew they weren't supposed to, but then the league came out and Adam Silver got, you know, kind of shit on because he, you know, people thought he was being insensitive to it. Uh, you know, anyway, it's, it's kind of weird that it's both Houston, but I'm cool. I'm fine with the play, with the owner. I love when owners speak up. I love when owners have personalities like Mark Cuban in the NBA. Like, I think that's a great example. Like when owners speak up and owners then all then the owners take the attention away from because sometimes players get way too much, so players will get all this attention and all this flack. There's also a lot of pressure. Yes, for the players. and so if the owner speaks up, they can take some off of the players. Yeah, and so it's a good position to be in. So it's a it's it's really it's really shitty for Sarah Gordon. Everything that you know her and her boyfriend went through, and I, hopefully this is what I want. I just I want the stadium in Houston because this is what the security works for. The stadium has to work that out. They employ the security, vet all your security, see what the hell happened, and go from there. Now, that's not to say there hasn't been other incidences at other stadiums, but 
these stadiums have to run an investigation and then the league has to follow up with them and then go from there. But and I mean, I it's the, shitty. I think the league has an opportunity here to be, you know, it's just the same in the, in the garment industry when you exercise, um, corporate social responsibility in terms of making sure that your supply chain isn't doing things like exploiting child labor, you know, or, um, you know, human trafficking to, to make cheap material, right? It's this, it's the same, it's an analogous concept because you want to, you think about like the, the league is contracted with these stadiums. And so you want to make sure that, you know, the stadiums and all of the people that touch that are adhering to some level of best practices and, and social responsibility, right? So I think they could take a position here that would encourage slash enforce you know, stadium owners and security firms that contract with them to examine their practices and think about, you know, how are we training our people? Did we give them unconscious bias training? Did we not? You know, yeah. what's a, going it, on here? What's it, the systemic issue that we need to fix? It's a young league and other leagues had plenty of time to figure this stuff out. Went through, I say it again, growing more growing pains. You know, the NFL has effed up for years and it's, you know, oh, we'll figure this out down the road. And it took them a while to figure some things out. This is another issue. This is all coming up now. I'll give the NWSL, I'll give them a few years to figure this out. But if we're, if we're talking about this every, like every season, if this is, this happened this season, this happened, this, it's like, I go, okay, now there's a, now there's a pattern. I mean, do we really need years to figure this out? Yeah. Yes. Why? Why? I'm just, I'm giving them years. That's what I'm doing. I'm not. NWSL, you're on notice. <laughs> Uh, last bit of news. So there's been some disciplinary decisions after that throwdown in the Portland, Kansas city game last week. Um, if I had it in front of me here, the, uh, after the extensive review, Kristen Edmonds from Kansas city was of course red carded. And they determined that, uh, the unsportsmanlike conduct was a violation of one of their major game misconducts. And okay. I have to interrupt you here yes. because this is Holly's first issue with the NWSL website. This is a women's soccer league. Do we have to use unsportsmanlike conduct? Can we come up with a better non-gendered word? Language is powerful. We all know that. Can we find some general neutral, gender neutral language to support here? I agree. Good point. Yeah. Thank you. Their website's a little behind, you know, and some language too. So that's a good, that's a really good point. So, Kristen Edmonds is getting an automatic fine, a one-game suspension, and the committee has sanctioned an additional one-game suspension. So she's out for two games. And so she already served one game, and she's got to serve another on Monday next week. The Thorns appealed Morgan Weaver's red card, and they won. And it was it was reviewed and just made a yellow card, which I agree. I watched the video again today, and there was... Um, That was a really physical game. And I think Kristen Edmonds, she got the brunt of a lot of tackles during the game and she was getting beat up and probably frustrated. Then Simone Charlie came in hot just before this whole thing. And there was a battle in the corner there in the 90th minute, whatever that was. And, but you can't, you know, players were egging each other on. You know, you can, Morgan Weaver kind of got in her way. They kind of fell over each other. That happens all the time. I, I hearken back to all, you know, Carl Malone and Dennis Rodman back in the day were just like they purposely ran into each other. And that stuff happens on the pitch in soccer. And so, but it got real physical. I, Edmonds was putting in an arm bar at one point. She was, and it wasn't on Weaver. It was someone else was in the corner. I can't remember who it was, but she was arm barring them. And then to come after Weaver's face, 
push her head. You know, I guess it was kind of a, like a, like a, it was kind of an open fisted slap push. You know, it wasn't really a punch. And then it looked like she wanted to throw down. And then Weaver in that moment just kind of pointed and went the other direction. So I'm glad they rescinded that. And um, there were some other league action. There were some other red cards and other fines around the league and other games. We won't get into that. I want to focus on these two teams. Also, the Portland Thorns coach, uh, Mark Parsons, was fined, and he got a red card that game as well. Holly, disciplinary is right. I mean, did they make all the right decisions here? I think they did under review. I think they did make the right decisions. And I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but you know, I'm not. You do have to be disciplined when things like this happen, but I'm actually not that fussed about it. And maybe it's just my like sparring and martial arts background that makes me a, a little less uh, anti-violence, I guess you could say. But I think, you know, it's, it's, I liken it to like baseball, right? Like this game to me was like a slow accumulation of like, you know, early in the game, Simone Charlie spiked, uh, you know, spiked the goalie, whether or not that was intentional. But, you know, from there it kind of escalated. And, you know, it's like you, you know, you try to take out my player, I'm going to try to take out your player. It's just like baseball where it's like, you know, you pitcher hits, uh, you know, one of the batters, there's going to be retaliation. So uh, to me, that's just that's all I saw. You got the old school mentality though, because now in baseball, what they're doing is if if a player gets ejected for hitting a batter and it's egregious, now that they're they're suspending players now for multiple games in baseball. But I'm with you. I'm in that kind of old school mentality of I, I I've mentioned the NBA like five times, but this is it's has so many comps here. I mean, there were full on fights in the '80s and '90s on the court. It would be technical foul. And then they would move on. Now, I think there's there's got to be a middle ground. You can't encourage fighting. But two games for Edmonds, I think that's a bit much. I think that's too much. I think you red Carter, you boot her out of the game. And then if you have a league rule about fines, cool. But I think there should be a debate about, I mean, I think two games is a lot. I think you know, one game would have been fine. But it's in the heat of the moment. I know it was, you don't go to the face that often. But two games is a lot. I I, st I don't want to discourage physical play, and so I hope that if 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 more of these you know scuffles break out, I, I like that physical play. I like when teams kind of get into it, and mm -hmm. so I don't want it to discourage it too much. But you can't have full on fights on the field like that because that, that game was getting out of hand at the end. You know, I like your point, Jared, and it, and and it makes me ask a rhetorical question here: the the extra red card, you know, for for Edmonds, you know, is this Oh, the suspension, the extra game. Yeah, sorry, the extra yeah. game nets out to yeah. an extra game suspension, right? The, is this? Um, thanks for correcting me, by the way. That was a, <laughs> that was completely that above board, right there. That was just to me to keep the audience honest. Uh huh. You could see, look at this. Look, I, you man, know what I meant, I right? Like it's work. the same thing. Like you get a red card, you miss a game, you get an extra game suspension. Whatever, it's analogous. Wow. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I wonder if you know if that would have happened in the MLS, like, does she play a likability penalty? Does she pay a likability penalty because we expect women to be nicer and more well-behaved and not express their anger in a physical way? If this was sports in our society. 20 years ago, I think, you, I think you're right there. But I, I, every sport is starting to really, really clamp down on this. And they are suspending people and everything, but I don't know what the MLS's policy is. So it's a good point because they, I mean, 
I think you might have a good point with, oh, if, if, if a guy pushes another guy in the head, well, it's not, if it's a full on punch in, in any sport, you're suspended. But if it's that, you might be right. Two games. I don't know if the two, you know what? I'm going to have to start digging. And if, if you have any examples, hit us up on social uh, at Keepers Podcast and let us know if there's like, you know, tweet some videos at us and if there's been any, any fights where they haven't suspended people. So that was the opening weekend. Uh, it was, uh, we've had more games since then and I'm excited. Uh, we're not going to get into it too much, but I we, we got a whole week of the Challenge Cup in. Some teams have played two games. And before we get into our, our, our next topic, I just want to talk about how awful Chicago is. <laughs> There is there are some people in the uh, in, so, in soccer media that were kind of saying that oh you know Chicago is going to finish you know second in the West and I know technically if you look at the standings right now they're somehow third but they've scored as many goals as the rain has and the rain hasn't played a game yet Chicago's played two games they don't they can't score they have no offense their defense will keep them in games but they can't score no one's taking over games and they have lost. They have not looked good in two games. Chicago, what's going on? I you know, I know I know you played last year's champs and then Portland, who people are picking to win this year, but where are you? So I'm not impressed with Chicago at all. I, I'm hating on Chicago. Okay. <laughs> Jared has As, opinions. What, what's the, I mean, looking at the standings, I mean, you've, we've watched a few games, most of them. Any teams that you're digging? as I jingle my cocktail. I mean, I kind of talked about it that, at the beginning because we had talked about the fact that we were going to talk about that at the beginning, and then I was waiting for the Chicago rant, and he didn't pick it up, so, uh, you know. Wow. You know what? I'm getting so much shade today <laughs> from someone who asked me before the show, why aren't my headphones working? And I said, oh, no. did you turn them on? <laughs> and she goes, nope, I didn't turn them on. And this was before the cocktail. This is pre-cocktail, so... Yeah, that made the show today. True so story. let's do it, Holly. Player comparisons. All right. So Holly and I chose three matchups of players that we think are really close. So our fantasy drafts are coming up. You know, who do I pick? You know, if these players are really close in comparison, so I pick this midfielder or this forward, or you know, how much should I value this defender or you know uh, this young player or this veteran? So we made three comps, and we're going to get into it right now. So. Who is higher on our draft boards? And we're starting with Jessica McDonald or Lindsay Horan. Holly, you have the floor. For me, it's Jess McDonald. I, she's one of the best players in the league. She's playing the whole season in the NWSL this year. She's healthy. She's got a strong team surrounding her. She has to be need to feed her. Her first game out, you know, she's three shots on three shots, two shots on goal, one goal. I mean, she's going to be a shot taker in this league. Wow. I'm going with Lindsay Horan. I'll tell you why right now. She plays midfield, making her more valuable. Assists and goals are worth more. Third in goals in the league in 2018, which was her last full season. Sixth in shots on goal. Ninth in shots. That was in 2018. She's consistent. No injury problems. Jessica McDonald, a little injury prone in my book. Lindsay Horan, tough. Tough as nails. I mean, she can get hit and just get right back up. She's great. Last year's fall series. Fourth in shots, fourth in shots on goal, third in assist. Last year's Challenge Cup, sixth in shots, fifth in shots on goal. Jessica McDonald, injured, waiting, trying to get healthy. And she played 90 minutes in every game of the fall series last year. So I'm, if it. Pushed, but she won't be playing the full season this year. 
Very true. Uh, Jessica McDonald might not be either. So uh, let's go to our next matchup. <laughs> I didn't realize this was a competition. All right. Of course it is. That's what this show is. Let's go. All right. This is like PTI style. All right, right bring now. it. So next matchup for us, Rachel Daly or Dabinia, Holly? I mean, that's like asking me anyone against my favorite player in the league. It's got to be Rachel Daly. She's your favorite player? Yes. Really? You know this. I didn't know that. Don't try to act surprised for the audience. Really? Uh-huh. <laughs> She's fire. She can motivate a whole team to win. She's an aggressive goal scorer. You know, when she's on the pitch, that means all of the rest of the international players are going to be on the pitch. She's going to have Campbell and Groom and Mewis and Prince and Smith around her. I think she's a power team leader. She's always going to be on the fight and she's going to bring the rest of the team with her, which means that going to, the whole team is going to create opportunities for her to add value. And you know, if she comes back, Budweiser better come back as a sponsor. She can, <laughs> she, she can drink Budweiser better than anybody in the league. Oh my God. If you've not seen, just go on YouTube and there's like this string of the Houston Dashes celebrations after last year's Challenge Cup when they won in the locker room. It's like 12 minutes of everyone's Instagram stories. It's really good. And Rachel Daly, my God. Yeah, she can drink. Her and Christy Mewitz, they might have a battle. Yeah, there. yeah. I was going to say, I don't know if it's Rachel Daly. It might be Christy Mewitz that can drink the most the most and the best Budweiser in the league. Well, I don't know if this player can drink. I've never really seen her drink, but man, oh man, this might be the number one player in the league on my draft book. It's Dabinia. Dabinia is my pick. Once again, she plays midfield, which makes her more valuable. Like goals and assists, consistently worth more. This year already, 2021 Challenge Cup, four shots in one game. So she's already off to a blazing start. Her with your first pick, Jessica McDonald. I love that chemistry. And then when they get Lynn Williams, my lord, like that's gonna that's that their defense can't play, but I'm kind of glad. Like in fantasy, I love when I have an offensive player on a team that can't play defense very well. There's nothing better because you have to keep up and you have to play 90 minutes. Not counting penalty kicks. She led the league in goals the 2020 Fall Series. That's pretty impressive. And I love her playing time slash stamina. That's the note I made, is that she played 90 minutes every game of the Fall Series, and she averaged 83.8 minutes in the Challenge Cup. And this year's Challenge Cup, she had 89 minutes in their first game, North Carolina, that is. And my last nugget is in 2019, which was the last full season for the NWSL, she ranked sixth in goals, sixth in shots and goals, fourth in shots, and second in assists. So she's consistently in that top half dozen players in every statistical category. And she she might be the most fun player to watch in the league. She's so much fun to watch. She might be my favorite player in the league. I mean, is she not? She does some of the most creative things with the ball on the, on, on the pitch that I've seen anyone do. I'm sorry, I'm distracted by your teeth right now. What I do? They look so good. Thank you, yeah. thank you. I got the salt wash at the uh, at the at the at the dentist today, and <laughs> I, I tell you what, if you never had a salt wash, they load you up. <laughs> they load you up with this like Vaseline, but she didn't explain what it was, and <laughs> she just starts putting Vaseline <laughs> all over my lips. I'm like, what? And, well, <laughs> this is just no. hold on a minute. <laughs> Hold on. If you if you're if you're if you're getting some kind of dental work done and someone starts putting some kind of goop on your on your lips and you're and, and she didn't explain it. I just go and she put it away. I go. I go. What was that? And she goes. Oh, it's just Vaseline. We have to make sure the salt you know doesn't like blast blast your lips. And so I you know I took a cue. I, I was so happy. I was like, well, I wish I had Sam Mewis here. So 
Sam, what did I tell you about chapstick? You need to have it with you at all times. You don't even have a pocket for it right now. So that was... Uh, <laughs> okay, um, that's your... She's your spirit animal right there. You guys, when Jared moved in with me before we were married, um, he brought with him this uh, old lazy boy recliner that was kind of like, you know, mm. the the chair that you sit in and... Still don't have a good chair Like you're my grandpa and, and watch TV and play video games in. And I was, uh, I was steam cleaning the lazy boy recliner and I turned it over and... Was it, was it three? Three chapsticks, chapsticks fell out yeah. from in between the seat. Yep. You, you can never have too much chapstick. And like Christy Mewis tells Sam there, um, you got to have a pocket. Like you all must have pockets. Even if you're training, you have to have a pocket or somewhere you can stash the chapstick. You have to. Chapstick Clearly. needs to be there. Yes. So uh, chapstick wins. Dabinia wins. We all win. Last matchup for our player comparisons, Holly. I've got Megan Rapino, the veteran, the legend, versus the rook, Trinity Rodman. What do you got? Well, I mean, if Rachel Daly is fire, Megan Rapino is ice. Her level of mental toughness is unmatched, except maybe only by Carly Lloyd in the league. Hmm. If there's a penalty kick happening, she's the one that's taking it. She makes smart decisions to put herself in situations to score. She took a year off. She's back. She looks healthy. She looks fit. She's playing strong. She makes teams better when she's on the pitch. And she's going to have Sierra King and Sofia Huerta on her line. She's got Shirley Cruz and Allie Long in the middle third feeding her. And, and let's face it, she is a legend. She's maybe the most intimidating player to play against in the world right now. I will not dispute any of that because Megan Rapinoe is great. And when she's, when she enters a game in international play, it's like a different vibe. It's, it's, I feel like the other team goes, Oh no. And there's so much pressure. Exactly. She's so good. Holly, when was the last time Megan Rapinoe scored a goal in the NWSL? I'm going to go 2019, 2018. She did not score in the 2019 World Cup year. She mm. only played in six or seven games. Okay. 2018. So I was in my, we'll call early mid-30s, the last time she <laughs> scored, <laughs> she scored a goal in the league. I love what Trinity Rodman is doing early on in her career. Everyone was saying there was going to be too much pressure. She didn't even play in college. She's so young. This is an international year. This is an Olympic year. Trinity Rodman will play every game, much like you said about Jessica McDonald. But Trinity Rodman, I've never seen her get injured. She's already running with the pros. Six shots, four shots on goal, one goal, and one assist. And they've played just two games. That assist that she had to Ashley Sanchez in their second game was such a good decision. Check it out online. It's a great assist. One that a, one that a, someone who's been a pro for five years would make. She's been a pro for five minutes. She's not injury prone, like I said. Rapino has battled injuries. She hasn't scored a goal in three years in the NWSL. And I like the combination. They're starting to win me over in Washington of Hatch, Rodman, and Sanchez. I wrote, it's fire. I'm stealing your word. It's fire. Those three are they're young <laughs> that is an exciting and they're line. hungry. Yes. And th it's the youth. They want it. I, I really start, I'm starting to like the energy of this team. I, I mean, was, yes. That they're, they're, 
I want to watch the spirit now. Yes. And I wasn't sold. I didn't know where they're going to get goals, but now that Trinity Rodman is kind of, is coming out quickly. And then Ashley Sanchez is showing that she, what she can do and she's scoring. And then you got hatch hatch just puts up so many shots. And, and last year she did this to us where she puts up so many shots. You're like, I'm, I'm trading for, her. I, I want Ashley hatch. And then, you know, she doesn't do it a whole lot, but man, she's starting to put up a lot of shots and she's then you put convert, that though. defense behind them. Cause they're going to, they're going to get so many players back after the, after the world or after the Olympics back on defense and the defense is already solid. So I, I, on my draft board, that's a really tough comparison, but I'm leaning Trinity Rodman right now over Rapino. So last week, Holly, we previewed, we started to preview every team and what we liked about, we did, we're doing two teams a week. So uh, who did we break down last week? I'm already blanking. It's been so much. Houston Dash and Chicago Red Stars. Yeah, we broke them down. So we decided to move. To, we're going game by game here. So we're going to break down the Portland Thorns, and I'm going to call them the Kansas City. How about that? <laughs> I like it. The Kansas City. And yeah. that logo is right on the NWSL website. So uh, you take so that clearly for as possible. It's worth. So we'll start in Portland. Portland Thorns. A lot of people love Portland. A lot of people's favorites. Quick recap. In the Challenge Cup last year, they went one and three. They really struggled. Do you remember that? Or we yeah. started watching the Challenge Cup and we're like, when yeah. they're not scoring, they're not doing yeah. anything. But in the opening round of the playoffs, they beat North Carolina. It was an eight seed and a one seed, which is kind of, it's really not a true eight seed and one seed. It's not a true thing. So, because uh, they're just so good. But um, so their leading goal scorers all just had one goal. Uh, Charlie, Haran, Weaver, assist, or just people with one, Klingenberg, Rodriguez. So you get to the fall series. They get so much better. They go 3-0-1. They finish first. Christine Sinclair had six goals, three on penalties, but she was kind of... She went off in she, the fall yeah, series. She was there Rapino. It was like, we need a, you know, we're going to have you take all the penalties. And, and you know, she, she was clutch. And Lindsey Haran led an assist with three. Now, this year... In the Challenge Cup, they're one of a few teams that have already played two games. So they're first place in the West. Uh, Tyler Lucy, Rocky Rodriguez, and Morgan Weaver all have a single goal and an assist. It's uh, Celeste. How would you say last? I don't know. How do you say Celeste's last name? Is it Beret? Beret? Beret. Uh, Klingenberg and Westfall all have one assist. So Portland has, once again, not I mean, this is no surprise. They're so good. Uh, they're, they've started off, they're 2-0. and It's not surprising. So, Holly, what do you expect from Portland and who's sticking out to you here in fantasy? Yeah, I mean, this is a team that just really made smart moves in the offseason. I think their their management and their coaching staff has is, is really got it dialed. You know, they were so underwhelming in the Challenge Cup that I was just really lukewarm to cold on this team as a whole. And as the the individuals on it, you know, coming into this season, and now I am very excited. I think this team is strong. I think they could really gel. It means that their players will produce. So their players, you know, all of them, their stock has risen because I think, you know, if the whole team is working together, then the, each of the individual players have a much higher chance of, of scoring for you in your fantasy league. You know, they have Adriana French in goal. She's solid. And, you know, when it's not the Olympics, they're going to have Haran, Dunn, Sauerbrunn, and Sinclair. So meanwhile, the people that I'm really watching are Simone Charlie uh, in the attacking position. In one game, she's only had, you know, one shot, one shot on goal. So she's not high on my list of attackers yet, but I want to see what she can do. And 
you know, Morgan Weaver, also maybe not higher on my draft pick, but she was the number two draft pick overall in 2020. And I'm really interested to see what she can do in her second year in the league. Right now, she's, you know, three shots, two shots on goal, scored once, as you mentioned. So I have my eye on those people, but I really have my eye on Rocky Rodriguez in midfield. You know, she's already as productive this year as she was in the fall series. She's taken four shots, one on goal, scored on that one. So that's a person that I'm really looking at. And the other person that I'm really looking at is Sophia Smith. I know she's with the, with the national team right now, but, and I, and she's looking really creative in the, in the, you know, in the goal box for, for the team when she's playing, but she's against such stiff competition that I don't know if she's going to make the Olympic cut. So I have my eye on her as well. What about you, Jared? Klingenberg. Oh, I really like her on defense. I just, as a whole, is there another team in the league that you look at? that's more balanced than this, especially when they get everybody. Like when you look at the roster of everybody, but look what they're doing right now. You know, so they, you know, they go up against Kansas City and Kansas City's not a new team. That's Utah from last year. I mean, there's some real players on there. They've only given up one goal in two games. So I, I, I but I like to focus on their defense because, you know, their offense gets a lot of love and what they can do. But, oh my gosh, on defense, like you said, with is it, it's a French. Mm-hmm. And, Klingenberg, and Klingenberg, and then they're going to get Sauerbrunn when she comes. It's just, I don't know how teams are going to, you're going to have to score two goals to have even a shot against Portland because Portland can jump on you. They jumped on KC, and they took a while to jump on who they did this beat uh, in their second game. I, I don't recall where Weaver scored, but she scored late. So I really like Megan Klingenberg, and well, I'll talk a little bit more about her later, but I love what they're doing Chicago. defensively. Yeah, Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Uh, <laughs> how did I forget? I just forgot. I forgot they were in the league. Forgot. They, they did too. But so I like Megan Klingenberg, and I think she's a defender to watch out for in fantasy. I think you, you, know, you only get one to start, but there's only a few in the league that really are a danger everywhere in the field, and she is. So I like her. Uh, let's move to Kansas City. So Kansas City, formerly Utah last year in the Challenge Cup, they went 1-2-1, one, and one, and I really loved a lot of their players. I loved their vibe. They lost to Houston in the opening round of the playoffs, and honestly, they played Houston better than anybody in the playoffs of the Challenge Cup. They took them to that shootout where Jane Campbell was so clutch. And no one else... That's true, they did. No one else took them there. Mm-hmm. And so Utah has the... Uh, sorry, Utah slash Kansas City has the talent. The Kansas City, the Kansas, for the record. Yeah, the Kansas City has talent. Uh, so goals in the Challenge Cup was Vero, Ziara King, uh, Matheson, and Rodriguez all had one, and Vero led an assist. Vero's gone now, which is a bummer. So she's not on the team anymore. And then the fall series, they got worse. 0-2-2, and they finished last, they finished ninth. Uh, Diallo, King, and Rodriguez all had one goal, and Ratcliffe had an assist, led the team with one assist. So they really were just uninspiring, and I really like a lot of their players, but they just... They weren't playing well together. And then this year in the Challenge Cup, Kansas City, they played Portland really well. I, I'm, I'm holding judgment on them. They're only just 0-1. Amy Rodriguez has a goal. Victoria Pickett has an assist. I think Kansas City has a shot to just hang around in the West. But the West is so much easier than the East. They're going to get really beat up when they play. You know, they got to play Houston. And they got to play O.L. Reign. You know, they already got beat by Portland. I just, I see the same old thing with Kansas City. What about you? Well, first of all, NWSL digital marketing team, 
Why is the hero image for the NWSL website for this team page a whole bunch of white dudes in suits in an office clapping? Oh my, I got to see this. I mean, come on. Like, if you didn't have an image of any of the players in their uniforms, even just practicing, couldn't you at least get an image <laughs> where the sole woman in the room is were able to see her face instead of just her hands? Oh yeah, she's got a red suit jacket on. She's behind some guy's hands. This yeah. is a really good picture. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. Minimal effort. Yeah. <laughs> Website, minimal effort. You know, no, wrong logos. Like, this is the equivalent to like me going- I know, but like white dudes in suits. I know, it's like a Congratulating double. themselves for their great draft pick or whatever it was that they're doing here. But did you see their next game, by the way? Chicago. Someone's got to win. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to come off as a hater. All right. I mean, but honestly, uh, yeah, I'm, I don't have much to say about this team. Uh, where's Lola Bonta? She didn't she play not? in the first game. She's not on their injured reserve. Um, you know, she's their shot taker. I'm looking at her Instagram because that's where you go for news. Oh, right? I did look at her Instagram. She doesn't post much on there. It's like her engagement picture from oh, cool. last year. That was the most recent. At least I know what. But there is an article. To. There's an article about her and her fiance because he plays for uh, the Kansas City MLS team, and uh, you know it was just posted today. So she's clearly in Kansas City. Um, she's clearly ready to play. I'm waiting to see her take the field because I couldn't find any other. Uh, news on why she might not be. So Maybe she's a little banged up. I'll have to check uh, some injury reports. No, she's know. not on the injured reserve. Well, okay, she's not on the NWSL website on the injury reserve. That may Me or may not mean anything. That means she's injured. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's injured. I'm just going to say three times Rodriguez, Rodriguez, Rodriguez. She's so much fun to watch. She's one of my favorite players in the league because she's so physical. She's a great attacker. She plays over the top. She takes chances, and she's a. She might be, and it's weird to say because they don't. They haven't won a lot. But when I watch a game, I see a true leader on the field. I see someone who is gathering the team. There, there's no waffling with Amy Rodriguez. You watch her on the pitch, and you go, "Okay, that's someone who's in control, who wants to play." And she plays hard every game, and she's been around. I mean, she was on the net. She had a national team run a while ago. You know, I've heard some people in the media say that she could be on the team now, replacing some people. And I, you know, I think she could. I think I, I think it's weird that she hasn't gotten more looks. There's a few people. It's a tough. It's a tough squad to get on. But that's the only person I'm really paying attention to right now in Kansas City is fantasy wise. What can Amy Rodriguez give me? Can she in our four team league squeak into as a top as a, as a in the first three rounds? Is she a top 12 player to draft? And I think she's right on that line. She's right on that line because she's one of the best players that doesn't play internationally that will play all year in the league. She is. If you're if you're making that list, she's on that short list. But it's a matter of how many chances that she's going to get in Kansas City because it's, it's a long season and they're unproven and they struggled in Utah last year. And so I think they're going to struggle again. But if she can put shots on goal, puts them in the back of the net, I think she could squeak in as a, you know, top 12 player, top three. So top three rounds, that is. So huge Rodriguez fan, as you can tell. Holly, before we wrap this sucker up, we've been watching a week and a half, almost two weeks worth of games now in the Challenge Cup. Whose stock has risen for you after watching 
a dozen games. Trinity Rodman. Trinity. <clears throat> what happened there? Oh I don't God. know. You got choked up. You got uh, yeah, emo- I got. She got, I got <laughs> she <had> emotional. <laughs> no, it's true. I'm so <laughs> excited emotional. to have her in the league. She makes me want to watch games. Just She's- as long as it's not Rapino playing against her. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <sighs> <sighs> Man, you just buzzkill today. God. All right. I'll take a drink. Yeah, take a drink while I'm talking. Thank you. <laughs> Three white, four white guys in suit, in suits. <sighs> She's so exciting. She's so charismatic. I think you know. And and P.S. To have someone who comes in young like a banger like this, like that, just makes the argument for Olivia Moultrie right there. But back to Trinity Rodman. You know, in her first year, she's only played 124 minutes. She's got six shots, four shots on goal, one goal, one assist, five key passes. I cannot wait to see what she does this season. Here's my other one for you. You got another one. I do. I have two. Katie Naughton, defender for the Dash. Mm-hmm. She just, you know, she's a strong momentum-changing presence. In the back, I'm not ready to commit to her as a draft pro- prospect. We'll see how her stats play out. But she's on my radar, and she wasn't before. So you think she's playing up into, like, if you're in a, if you're in a deeper league, let's say you're in a six-team NWSL league, which is a little deep. It's a little deep. But if you're in that, she might be sneaking into something, a conversation in like your late rounds. Yes. Oh. Yeah, as a defender. Yeah, she's yeah. good to watch. She's really fun to watch. And she's involved. She's just really involved. And you can just tell. Like, you can tell those defenders. Like, it's a really good point. Like, mm-hmm. she's just around the ball. Yeah. So whose stock went up for you? I'm going back to Megan Klingenberg. Now, I know she's been around for a long time. And like I said, she's had stints on the national team. She's won a World Cup. For some reason, she hasn't gotten a look really since like, I think she hasn't gotten called up since 17 or 18. And I know it's tough because the defense is pretty solid right now. But I think she's just as good as someone like a Sonnet. You know, I think it's someone that you could call up and, and see what she can do off the bench. But NWSL wise, fantasy wise, she's averaging over 80 minutes uh, in the Challenge Cup. I think that was the Challenge Cup last year, that is. And... Oh, no, it's this year's Challenge Cup. She's averaging over 80 minutes. And she plays on a stacked defense. So when you have, when you will have Sauerbrunn and you have French in goal, the defense isn't going to get up a lot of chances. And so I see a team that's not going to give up a lot of goals. So you have that opportunity for that extra six points for a clean sheet for defenders. Not to mention the balanced team in front of her. I mentioned this earlier. You have so many balanced midfielders and forwards that I don't think Portland's going to give up a lot of goals and chances. So she's a defender to me that stands out, but she already has, in this year's Challenge Cup, she already has one clean sheet, and she already has an assist. So this is a defender who's involved in the offense, and that's really nice for a defender. That's what I'm looking for on my roster. She's in that territory of a defender that you draft. She's right there, like you're talking about Naughton. She's someone I'm looking at in like those mid-rounds. Like Once I have my yep. team, once I have like my first four or five players and I'm looking for that defender, I'm looking at Klingenberg. My next is Taylor Korniak. She's great. She had an amazing header in the opening game against Louisville. She's six foot tall. She's towering over everyone in the box. Nice. And I do not want to miss a set piece with Orlando because she's there. Uh, Go check out the goal. It's a great goal. She was the third overall pick in the 2020 draft. She has a lot of talent, but she didn't play last year because, as you remember, COVID protocols, uh, they had all the positive tests or false positive, wherever they were with Orlando. So they didn't play in the Challenge Cup. And then she went to German, uh, the German Bundesliga and played over there. So then she didn't play in the fall series. So now we're finally seeing their first-round pick, 
And much like Trinity Rodman, she's exceeding expectations. Versus, uh, versus Louisville, she had a goal. She had two shots, one shot on goal. She played 78 minutes. She had a yellow card and seven tackles. So I love that. So you're going to get points for those tackles, one. And she's, you know, she's kind of physical. She's a presence. And then against Gotham, you think, okay, you know, it's like Trinity Rodman. You know, I scored a goal. Okay, you came out, whatever, lucky. No, versus Gotham, Korniak had five shots, two shots on goal, four tackles. She played all 90 minutes. So this is someone who was drafted high, had a lot of expectations, didn't get to play, was kind of forgotten, and now she's on Orlando, and she gets to play with LaRue, Alex Morgan comes back. Oh, yeah, by the way, one of the best players in the history of the sport, Marta, she's there, and she's going to feed you some balls. So Orlando is this weird team where you have all these expectations, but I really think the regular season, not the Challenge Cup, I think once the regular season comes around, I think Orlando is going to surprise a few people, and I think she's going to be involved in that. She's going to be an integral piece. That was a lot of information. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but we got through it. Like that was, um, I, 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 you know, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's so much fun because we get to, we get to do it all over again. So last weekend we, we binge on all this soccer and, uh, now the NWL is kind of taking it away from us, but we get Friday, we get Friday games. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just did you just want to hear the hay in the song? Is that what that was? What I, you're just you're just was that just a non sequitur? Uh, <laughs> just play us out, Jared. Oh my God. All play right, play us out, dude. Yeah. We'll be back next week. We're gonna preview two more teams, have some fun, uh, some more fun fantasy segments. We're getting closer to the draft. We're gonna let you know who to draft. Join us next week. See you then. I'm usually good at this.